Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Number three on a Monday national championship game tonight is TCU going to get it done with Sonny Dykes or is Georgia going to make their version of history and go back to back? Nobody's done it in the CFP era. We get history either way tonight. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some Longhorn stuff coming up. Also, we've been talking about the Cowboys. Crazy loss yesterday, but they're set up for the Bucks game a week from tonight. Texas basketball gets a big win in Stillwater. Men's team taking on TCU come Wednesday, plus the football notes we will get into a little more with Joe Cook coming up here. Good recruiting news for Texas. Good news with an offensive lineman coming back, but a member of the coaching staff that now needs to be replaced. Uh, So we got all of that going on. Also, if you missed it, Longhorn men's basketball up to number 10 uh, in the rankings this week. K-State all the way up to 11 after beating the Longhorns and Baylor this week. And Houston, congrats to the Cougars. They're back on top at number one with 34 first-place votes. Uh, So all that going on on a Monday. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. We normally talk to him Mondays at 1. Needed to rearrange some things today, and we're glad to do it for Joe Cook inside Texas on 3.com at Joseph Cook 89 on Twitter. Joe, how are you? Doing great, guys. Thanks again for having me on. Man, thanks for the time, and uh, glad we could make it work today. Before we get to Longhorn stuff, why don't we go ahead and start with tonight, TCU and Georgia. You got a feel on this game? Do you think TCU can push that Georgia defense around like they did Michigan? Uh, you know what? I, I think that's going to be the, the tough spot for them. Um, you know, with, with the, the way that the TCU defense works and the way Michigan tried to play it against them, it was kind of arrogant. Now, granted, they scored 40-plus points, but uh, Michigan hadn't seen that style of defense all year. I don't think Georgia has either, or if, and if they did, it was, you know, in a, I think if they played Arkansas, that would have been the only time that they would have come across it. So, uh, you know, maybe they have a little bit more research on it than, than uh, Michigan did, but that's still going to be tough no matter what they do, uh, you know, what type of player they have, size of player, you know, caliber of player, whether it be Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, uh, even, you know, Stetson Bennett. Running against that defense or just going against that defense in general is, is tough because for teams that aren't used to it, the angles and the different – Places that players come from are so different than than what you're used to. Uh, so it's going to be, I think, on that TCU offense to be able to get something going. Um, I think there there are some individual matchups that I like, like Quentin Johnston. Even if he goes against Keely Ringo, even if he goes against any of those other, uh, you know, really stout defensive backs, he's going to get a couple of his. Um, I think the same kind of holds with holding up against the. 
the, uh, the that Georgia defensive line. There's some. There's an All American on that TCU defensive line or offensive line. Uh, so honestly, I think this game really does come down to to Max Duggan if he's able to uh, dish, distribute, and do things on his own uh, at a level he's not been asked to do before. Uh, the lights are brighter in this game. Uh, the stage is bigger. Um, he's been able to answer it all year, but can he do it again? I I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that question. And as a result, I mean, I got I got a pick ready, but I don't know if y'all wanted to wait on that or keep that till the the end of the call. I'll tell you what. We'll we'll wait till the end. We'll let we can let that one simmer. Yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait. Say, go ahead. Let me ask you this, Joe, moving on to this Texas football team. Brennan Marion, he is moving on to UNLV to become the offensive coordinator there. So now we have a vacant wide receiver coach. Who do you think Steve Sarkeesian and the rest of his coaching staff, who are they going to go after and who do you think they should go after? Well, if you go to InsideTexas.com, uh, check out the, the Inside Scoop uh, posted. You know, It was a team effort today. Uh, we got a couple names in there, and, and one of them is definitely familiar uh, to Texas fans. Uh, big hint, we'll probably give it away. He comes from a football family, including a state championship football family from this past year. So that's a big one. Um, as far as the, the position goes and, and what they're looking for, you know, if you think about it, Brandon Marion had his own offense. He has that go-go offense. Um, he'll probably bring a lot of those aspects uh, with him to Las Vegas, uh, whenever he's running the Rebel offense, but you know, he he's he, that didn't preclude him from being Steve Sarkeesian's uh, wide receiver coach. You know, having a certain style of offense. What we know about Steve Sarkeesian when it comes to wide receivers is he likes the guys who probably a little bit end up being smaller, only because he's looking for speed and elusivity. Uh, you know, Steve Sarkeesian talks about how he doesn't like throwing to. To you know, stationary targets. He likes throwing to guys who, um, you know, are on the move and can use that quickness and elusiveness to to really you know get around guys. I think he's going to look for someone who's able to you know met, met, uh, maybe not have the same offensive viewpoint as he does, but is able to be you know the technician uh, and, and teach the you know the, the ways of route running in a way that allows for them to function within that offense. Of course, you do want some value add from someone um, schematic-wise. Of course, recruiting-wise, you have to do that with how important wide receiver is. And uh, you have to be able to do that within the state of Texas because that's where, you know, one of the most abundant talent, abundant positions in state. Uh, but really, you know, uh, as and something that we did include in the inside scoop today on Inside Texas, this is the type of job that people want. Uh, you're, you're working with Steve Sarkeesian, a uh, guy who's got his own offensive bona fides. You're working at Texas, in Texas. Uh, you're going to have some, some good talent and guys like Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, um, even some of the younger guys like Savion Red, Brennan Thompson, uh, Isaiah Nayor, you know, if, his, if he comes back healthy. There's going to be some guys who are probably going to make you look pretty good uh, if you're able to do your job pretty well. So it should be a pretty um, attractive job for for anybody on the market and uh you know i think if, if y'all uh remember the american football coaches association convention is going on i think in charlotte right now and mm. i don't know for sure that steve sarkeesian is there uh but i would be very very surprised if he, if he wasn't <coughs> excuse me if he wasn't there uh this will probably give him a chance you know any coach who has an opening on their staff this is the week where they really 
go out there, maybe sit down, get dinner, um, maybe conduct more uh, more formal interviews and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, that's the, the opportunity for Steve Sarkeesian to see maybe any of the potential guys he would want for this job. They exist this week as long as they are at uh, AFCA. So, Joe, kind of what you were mentioning there, in terms of this job, obviously with Sarkeesian, the connection there, the fact that it's his receiver's coach, do you feel like this is ultimately going to be somebody that, kind of like you're alluding to, somebody that's going to have skins on the wall, a name that people will know, or maybe both? Is this going to feel high profile, you think, by the end of it uh, for a Texas fan? Much like when Marion came in, it was that he was associated with a Bolitnikoff winner and a badass offense. Do you think it's going to have that kind of feel? You know, I, I don't think you'll be able to match that uh, just because, I mean, unless Texas is able to pull Tennessee's wide receiver coach, whose <laughs> yeah. name I don't know, and I don't think if he's available, I don't think you'll be able to do that. And, and the other thing was, it, it, Marion was so unique just because he had his own schematic, uh, you know, background in addition to, you know, what he was able to do with Jordan Addison at Pitt. I don't think you're going to find somebody who has that unique offense uh, that y- unique offensive mind already coming in at Texas, so it'll be a little bit different. Um, you know, I, I don't. The, the obviously, if if you know you were building a staff right now, the first guy you call would be Brian Hartline. But you know, Ohio State's going to do everything possible to keep former Buckeye receiver Brian Hartline in Columbus. I think that's the, the that would be the biggest home run possible. Um, if you remember when Steve Sarkeesian, I think, was building his staff. There was a lot of rumors that uh, before he, he stuck with Andre Coleman, he was trying to get uh, Holman Wiggins, uh, the, who's currently the wide receivers coach uh, at Alabama. I don't know if he's going to be a candidate again, uh, but you know, after that, you're kind of running short on guys, at least at that wide receiver position, that have become like household names, home run hires. I, th- I still think it's going to be like a very good hire. Um, I, I think Brendan Marion kind of counted at, at this time last year as a home run hire. Still think it turned out really well. Maybe not like, you know, 100% of what everybody thought he was going to be, but it's still a really good hire. Um, but I, I just don't know if that type of, you know, wow, we got this guy as the wide receiver coach. I don't know if that type of hire is replicable uh, for, for this role in this cycle. Yeah, Horn fans, quit blaming Brennan Marion for those Xavier wordy drops <laughs> in the Alamo Bowl. Y'all sound stupid. All right, Joe, let me ask you about Jelani McDonald, West Conley. He's a Swiss Army knife, linebacker slash safety. He just committed to Texas at the U.S. All-American uh, uh, All-Star Game in San Antonio. He also plays a little wide receiver, does some things offensively. What is he going to bring to the 40 acres for Steve Sarkeesian in this already really good signing class? Yeah, I mean, he is the uh, the fifth uh, off-ball linebacker in the class. Um, each all bring a little bit different uh, skill set. Uh, won't go, you know, I think we've gone through all what they up they offer uh, since signing day and stuff like that. But as far as McDonald goes, you know, he's 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 a really darn good football player. He did a lot for Connolly this year. Uh, he's a good basketball player. He's just a really high-level athlete, and that's kind of shown by they had him playing quarterback. Uh, this week at the All-American Bowl. So he's going up against some of the best wide receivers. Um, it's not his natural position. It's one that you know he had to pick up a little bit on. But that just shows his athleticism and his versatility. I think something that he could do really well uh, down the line is kind of just, you know, as, as offense and, 
defense moves towards positionless football, that type of thing. He fits into that. Uh, he's someone who has, you know, who will probably have coverage ability, uh, but they still would want to be able to come down and uh, play inside the box. Right now, I think he's six two and a half, two hundred pounds. That's a, and he's the type of player that can definitely get up to two twenty or something like that and play a little multifaceted role. So, um, just a really exciting athlete. Uh, he had TCU and Oklahoma State on him late, but if you read, especially on three, uh, they, they, you know, Charles Power, the director of scouting, uh, was in San Antonio and saw him play and uh, was just impressed at his athleticism, especially when he's probably been playing basketball for the cadets over the past month, more so than doing anything football-related. Still goes down and holds his own at a position he's not used to playing. Just a really exciting athlete and uh, part of what was a fantastic linebacker class for the Longhorns. Talking with Joe Cook of Inside Texas. Joe, another good piece of news for Longhorn football fans in terms of a guy coming back. Talk about Christian Jones' decision to come back. How big a deal do you think that is? And uh, how good do you think this O-line could look in 2023? Yeah, uh, Christian Jones deciding and, and the coaches going back to him playing right tackle. Uh, you know, that, that, that was the, the biggest thing for him. Uh, I think this year because he, you know, he was not very good as a left tackle last year. It's just the, the fact uh, he, he's better at pushing off from his left foot. That's something he's admitted. And he goes and has a fantastic year. Uh, so, you know, if he should, you know, Kristen Jones making his decision to return, that, that's a big one. It keeps experience on the offensive line. It probably keeps two of the best tackle combos uh, for, you know, or maybe one of the best tackle combos available. Uh, in the Big 12 out there and, and still with the Longhorns for the next year. Joe, this basketball team got a huge win in Stillwater on Saturday, 10-point win, 56-46. to 46. And, you know, after all the Chris Beard stuff this past week, it seems like this team could mo- really look forward and move on and not have to worry about all that other stuff off the court with Coach Terry running the show. How do you think this team looked on Saturday and how do you think they're going to fare against TCU come Wednesday? You know, they, they were tenacious. I mean, when you go to the rim however many times and get blocked, what, 12 times, uh, that would probably be pretty discouraging for a lot of other teams. But they were tenacious uh, both on offense and defense, and that was especially true over the last, what, 10, eight, 8 or so minutes of that game, really just choking out and stifling stifling the clock and, and stifling the, the offense for uh, Oklahoma State. And it, it all comes really down to this veteran leadership. You know, uh, I think Timmy Allen, it's his birthday today, and they had a press conference, and I think he said he's either 24 or 25 or something like that. That's a lot of years, and, and Brock, Cunning, Brock Cunningham was there. It's like, you know, in all, in all of our years playing basketball, whether it be five, six, or five, uh, talking about he, Allen, and, and Marcus Carr. So that's just a ton of experience right there, uh, and that helps in these types of situations. Not only going on the road in the Big 12, uh, but you know, even with the, the the decision to fire Chris Beard by the university, these are guys, and, and even an experienced coaching staff who kind of know, hey, you know, the world's not going to stop for you, and uh, because you know your your head coach uh, got fired, there there's still games to be played. You're in this tough conference, and there's still a chance for this team to be good. And I think that's what the the, the win at Stillwater showed most is that they're tenacious, and they all know that they have to continue to be tenacious just because. Uh, you know, this is a lot of their guys, those guys, probably their last opportunity playing college basketball, and they want to go out on a strong note.
All right, Joe, let's get that prediction from you. The last time TCU won a national championship in football, they didn't have a Davy O'Brien award winner. They had Davy O'Brien. Are they going to win? <laughs> Are they going to win with Max Duggan tonight? I don't think Duggan gets it done. I think oh. there's going to be uh, just enough pressure, and I think Keely Ringo may make a repeat performance and get him another uh, interception in this game. I think the, 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 the Bulldog offense will probably do just enough, uh, kind of as they have throughout much of the Kirby Smart era, uh, because I think they're not used to the challenge that this unique scheme faces. I mean, we've even seen Steve Sarkeesian struggle with it. I think Todd Munkin, you know, he's going to try probably to run another arrogant game plan like Michigan did, and we'll probably see it get foiled. But I still think that there's a, enough there for Michigan to be able to kind of do what Texas did against Iowa State late and be able to run over, uh, you know, be able to, to run over those angles and do just enough. I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game, uh, but I think Stetson Bennett goes down in, in uh, Athens history as one of the best dogs to ever wear red and black, and I think Georgia goes back-to-back. All right. Let me ask you this, Joe, because you might have a different perspective than others. Now, are you a fan about it, like with not going against TCU because you're that big of a Longhorn fan and it's kind of like a what could have been and you look at that 17-10 to 10 dub that TCU got of the horns early or are you one of those guys, you know what, I'm going to root for TCU. I've been watching guys like Quentin Johnston ever since they were in high school at Temple. You know, they got Wiley on that team that used to play for Texas. How, who are you rooting for and how? How are you going about it? I, I, you know what? Selfishly, I, I want Georgia to win because if Georgia wins, you know, it's not like they weren't going to get five stars. It's not like they weren't going to get uh, top-rated recruits anyway. Uh, you know, and of course, TCU is going to get a boost from this. There's no denying that um, they're going to be able to, you know, probably hit the portal pretty well for a lot of those older players if they're uh, replacing. But you know, if TCU wins, it, it changes a little bit of the landscape. It kind of shows an ability to break through, even when uh, you don't have just all the you know top ten recruiting classes stockpiled up. Probably changes some things going on in, in Dallas and Fort Worth with kids saying, you know what, maybe I'll just stick around and go go play in purple instead of playing elsewhere. Georgia does that. You know, if Georgia wins, it's kind of still the status quo. It's not anything you know surprising uh, i bet they were probably one of the top two picks to win the national title this year uh so it's not like you're you're changing uh the landscape of the sport that much and yeah there's a little bit of pettiness involved i, I wouldn't want to see it uh you know if someone for the big 12 is going to win a national title in the next couple of years you know who who in austin wouldn't want it to be the longhorns unless uh you know maybe you're sitting in that chair there at the ARN studios wearing a ring on your finger. But everybody else, I think, wants to see Texas be the first and maybe not TCU. I have no idea what handsome man he could be talking Thank about you, with Joe. that last comment. I have no idea who he could be talking about. Joe Cook, Inside Texas, on 3.com. Joe, we always appreciate it, man. Enjoy the championship game tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Good stuff. Joe. Also, if you're on Twitter, at Joseph Cook. 89. Yeah, he's in that group. I think there's a lot of Longhorn fans in that group. I think there's a lot of Aggie fans in that group. Texas Tech fans, we know there's SMU fans in that group. They're just not going to be able to pull for the Horn Frogs. Can't do it. Yeah. Joe nailed it on the head. If they win a national championship tonight, like they, they already plucked Quentin Johnston from us because they used him this year. 
uh, with all the drops and all the miscommunications that Quinn Ewers had with his wide receivers, then we could have just used Quentin Johnson where Max Duggan seemed like he would just throw the ball deep with his eyes closed and number one would just make plays. Uh, yeah, and then now they might be plucking guys if they win it now. They already get two stars and three stars and make them four or five. They got your tight end, right? You already mentioned yeah. Wiley. Yeah, they already got him, which, you know, they can have him. But still, that just kind of shows what they're doing and what could be. Sure. And I don't like that. Yeah, in the old because a few years ago, if you're a Texas fan or an A&M fan and you lose a recruiting battle to TCU, it meant one thing. Now, it mean it already means something different. If they win tonight, it really does change that discussion. <sighs> it really does. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. If you're going to be a petty fan and say nothing good could come from that. If you're a Texas fan and you're thinking, well, how in the world is that going to be good for me? If you're an Aggie fan thinking, how could that be good for me when I'm supposed to be a fan of one of the big-time programs in this state, but it's that program that gets to the semi first and that program that gets to the title game first. I can't do it. And now, if it happened... The first program in the state of Texas to get the natty in a CFP world? I'm not trying to hear it. Is the Frogs? I'm not trying to hear it. I'm not trying to see it. Kirby Smart, we're locked in tonight. We are locked in. Yeah. I think I think there's a bunch of folks in the house divided tonight barking like dogs. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's going on yeah. tonight. A lot of those. Now, you know what's sad? Rooting for Ringo and Stetson Bennett and yeah. all the rest. You know what's sad? Hmm. Uga couldn't make the trip. Ugga? Ugga. Ugga couldn't make the trip. Why can't Ugga make the trip? I don't know. Ugga's sick? I mean, Ugga never looks well, but I think that's just how French Bulldogs look. How dare you? (laughs) I'm just saying. How dare you? I'm just saying. Wow. Yeah, Ugga can't make the trip. So said LA is just too far from him. Hypnotoad is there, but Ugga can't make it? Yeah, well, you can bring that nasty ass toad anywhere. (laughs) We'll see. You're going to see a bunch of that psychedelic signage and everything tonight. (laughs) We'll see if it gets done. Uh, By the way, if you want a little late disrespect for TCU, late money coming in on Georgia. It's 13 now. 13, Georgia. Like 13. It was 12. It was hanging at 12, 12 and a half for like a week or so. And now it's 13 because people are thinking it is going to be Georgia by a good bit. At least the folks that are betting money. Hold uh, on, Chad. I got some really good news and some breaking news to release for the people. Good news and breaking news. Here we go. The Buffalo Bills just announced on their Twitter, we are thrilled and proud to share that DeMar Hamlin has been released from the hospital and mm. returned to Buffalo. He is doing well, and this is the next stage of his recovery from the UC Medical Center. Dude, how about that? Isn't that amazing? Oh, man. That was last week? Yeah. That was last Monday night. In less than a week, he has been released from the hospital. He is back, headed back to Buffalo, maybe already back in Buffalo. And every bit of that energy uh, was so good to see over the weekend. If you believe in deserves or you believe in the stars that align and you believe in all that kind of stuff... The Bills have to be your Super Bowl pick right now, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, if they, they were. They were my pick at the beginning of the season. Now they really are. A lot of people had them anyway, but yeah, you're right. So uh, great to hear. Damar Hamlin released from the hospital. That now becomes your your best story of today. Up next, let's talk about why today matters on January 9th. We'll get you some stems and seeds before the hour is done. Lots of notes out there in the uh, football world, including the craziness going on with the Arizona Cardinals today. We'll get you that coming up as well. Stay with us. It's the Horn.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm not sure of what I see, but don't fuck with me. Are you telling me to see the sign? She looked in my eyes, mousing over the guys. Are you telling me to see the sign? Rolling through a Monday, getting ready for the national championship game. Nah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought that's who that was. I've never heard a person say their name on more verses than this dude. Yo, I don't think anybody else is. I don't know who the silver medalist would be in that competition. Yeah, I don't know either. Because he's got the, the name allows you to throw it in there. Yeah. Okay, so obviously that's Snoop Dogg there second. Is that first voice Timberlake? Man, that's what I'm talking about. There we go. All right. Yeah. This is a jam. It really is. This is one of my favorite Snoop songs, and if you bring up any of Snoop's classics, this wouldn't even be close. So like one of his classics. So this is a Snoop song with Timberlake on it, not not the reverse. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, it's really good. What's it called? Signs. Signs. Yeah, this gets lost because this came out... This album, or this was on the album with Drop It Like It's Hot and ah, Beautiful. Okay. So those two songs were huge, and this was like the next track, so nobody really remembers this one, but it's a jam. It's a very likable track on a yeah. lot of levels. Put these two guys together, that's a likable track. Yeah, I think Charlie Wilson's on the end, giving like high notes and stuff. <laughs> it's a crazy song. That's great. All right, so uh, a little uh, little Snoop Dogg and Timberlake. Uh, uh, in addition to Madonna and Accept earlier and somebody named Roger Vaudrys that I've never heard of and Christopher Cross all on the show today. Uh, Chad and Zay with you. It's a busy, busy Monday. We're trying to unpack so many different things. Uh, let's jump into why today matters on January 9th because the word out of Buffalo, that's your big story of the day. Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. So yesterday, the incredible emotion. Everybody pays tribute to DeMar Hamlin. Everybody sends the love to Hamlin, wears the shirts, the 30-yard lines all had special threes on them and all that stuff. Buffalo gets the opening kickoff return uh, for a touchdown. All that emotion. They win the game. They get the two seed in the AFC. They're getting ready to play Miami. And then today we find out that DeMar Hamlin has been released from the hospital in Cincinnati, and he is back 
in Buffalo. Now he's going. He, they they flew. He flew from Cincinnati to Buffalo. He's being transferred to another hospital. He's continuing to receive treatment as he goes through recovery. So it's not like he's walking. You know, walking getting to walk in the door at home yet. Uh, but Zay, they are saying he's been able, been doing very well with physical and occupational therapy. He's able to. He was able to walk throughout the unit there at UC Health, and he is tolerating a normal diet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just incredible. I mean, we talked about his fight and what he's been going through. And just think about the energy that not only he gave his teammates to go out and be motivated to play for him, but the energy that he received back right. from how they played. And having two kick returns, one being taken at the very beginning of the game, seeing the whole NFL just kind of wrap their hands around him in this devastating moment and how much that just uplifted his spirit. And I think that just gave him a little bit more extra juice. And now he's going back to Buffalo. I know he's going to be in the hospital and stuff, but it's just amazing to see his progress every single day. Yeah, and now the Bills know, based on on the way things have rolled out, is the Bills will not have to play a playoff game in somebody else's building. They may have to go neutral, but they will not have to play in somebody else's place. So Kansas City and Buffalo both know that for the the title game, it would have to be in a neutral site. By the way, if Roger Goodell hadn't figured that one out yet, I figured it out with one quick search last night. Indy is the answer if it's available. Yeah, It's 500 miles from both. So, indoors and it's indoors it's easy there you go yeah. that's the one and and, and and the nfl's always there for combine and stuff yeah, so they're familiar that should with the be building. An easy plug and the team is terrible and they're not in the playoffs yeah, they're not in. so uh that's probably where they uh, they could end up with that but just great to hear uh with damar hamlin an emotional story continues to be wonderfully emotional for them i still have not heard about the reaction to the whole foundation thing i still haven't heard about right. what did he do when somebody told him there's eight million now I think it's up to eight million, or maybe even more. Ooh. The last I heard was it was seven five, and then I heard eight million. Who knows where it's going to end up? But uh, for him to find out that he gets to help kids in his hometown, I'm not going to say forever. I'm going to say damn near forever with that kind of money. Yeah, for a long time. And hopefully, again, it's not just spread out for toys. It's for all necessities that these kids need, whether that's clothes or just, you know, food, whatever. Anything helps. And I think DeMar Hamlin, yeah, he's definitely happy with just the outcome of what happened to him for something positive like the toy drive to happen, that's big time. Yeah, if I read it correctly, there are kids' camps that they deal with, and there's some food programs in the area. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, there's going to be some kids just getting taken care of in the best way possible. The the problem they're going to have is everybody wanting to move to that small town. That's what they're going to have. Right. If you're three towns over, it's like, wait, what What are the kids over there getting? We need to see if we can get our kid in that uh, in that area. Okay, Chad, so multiple people on the Specs text line have said Indy is already booked up that weekend. Oh, okay. And see, they've denied being able to have that as a site. Oh, really? Is that some AFC bettiness? I'm all for that. I'm all for that, Colts. Ursay said no? Okay. Yeah. yeah, well, that was the first thing I thought of. If it's available, that would be your logical geographical spot. So I guess they're going to have to figure something else out. So then my next thing would be Detroit. Is Detroit available? I mean, to look into that. Maybe. I'm just trying to – that part of the world and – All indoors. And a dome, yeah, right? A dome. Something indoors, that part of the world, um, you know, figure that out. You know what? If you're going to be that way, why don't we call up uh, North Dakota State? Why don't we see if their dome's available? 
They got a dome? Yeah, let's fly them all out to the, what do they call it, the Bison Dome? or oh, the that's fire. The Fargo Dome, that's what they call it. Okay, <laughs> now I need to check that out. It seats about as much, as I think, as Cameron Indoor, <laughs> but I think it maybe seats 10. It might have 10,000. Maybe not what you want for an AFC title How game. How the hell is there a volleyball tournament? At that stadium in Indianapolis. A volleyball tournament. A volleyball tournament? Wow. All right. Yeah. Indianapolis is going to be the place, right? Indiana State championships are going to be taking place, and I guess you go there. I guess. You put volleyball in a place that big? Right? All the great basketball arenas that you have, like Hickory or whatever. Yeah. Butler Stadium. Yeah. Indiana Hoosierville is right up the road. That is is bizarre. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, DeMar Hamlin, the biggest reason uh, why today matters, of course. Uh, A couple other quick birthdays. It's Chad Johnson's 45th. Ocho Cinco? Ocho Cinco. I just saw he proposed to his girlfriend. Did he really? Yeah. Ocho Cinco's off the market. He found somebody that can share his ego with him? That's what I'm saying. That is so sweet of him. Yeah, he a Miami boy, too. So He's awesome. I know damn well he'd be wilding out. Yeah. For him to be held down, good for him. Do you know the old school? Oregon State. That's correct. Yeah. Now, you're too young to remember him playing there, correct? Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you. That dude and TJ Hushmanzada being on the same football team, and their quarterback would have been, uh, was it Derek Anderson? I think Derek might have been the one throwing him the ball. Dude, some of the best celebrations I've ever seen. I can't remember which one of them caught the touchdown. One of them catches the touchdown, and the other one pats him down afterwards. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was where his his like creative juices started to flow on the celebrations. Because for a while in the NFL, he was the best of the best oh, yeah. at that. Uh, but it all started for me at Oregon State. They had a bowl game where they, I think it was Notre Dame, and they beat up on them pretty good in that game, and they celebrated every touchdown they had. Probably got flagged two or three times. They didn't care. He and TJ together with, I think it was Derek Anderson throwing in the ball. Man, they were good. Yeah, if I'm a young wide receiver, I might not go look at Chad Johnson and his antics, but I'll go look at his footwork. And I'll try to put that into my yeah. game if I want to be successful because not too many had Chad Johnson footwork. How quick mm-hmm. he was off that line, you know, got to his spots. And he wasn't the biggest receiver either, but he wasn't afraid to go in that middle and take shots. Yeah, he was a solid NFL player. No doubt about it. Uh, also, uh, sports-wise today, Bart Starr would have had a birthday today for you Packer fans. Dick Enberg would have had a birthday today for you broadcasting fans. Jimmy Page, 79 years old today for you Led Zeppelin folks. And speaking of music, yesterday, Elvis would have been 88 and David Bowie would have been 76. That's one I always forget. Elvis and David Bowie share a birthday. So there you go on why January 9th and a little bit of January 8th matter to us. Coming up next, stems and seeds before we get out of here. Notes from all over football today, including Black Monday in the NFL. The Arizona Cardinals are hitting reset in a couple of big ways. We'll get you up to date on that and a couple other things on the horn. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? Just about to wrap it up on a Monday. It's a good start. I like it. I don't recognize it, but I like it. Should I know this? No. No? No. 
Do you love it? Yeah, it's fire. Who is it? Gangstar. Oh, okay. Work. Gangstar. Group. DJ Premier. Guru. Premier's a producer. Guru's the rapper. Who you hear here? Going off. Gangstar. By the way, what was the beat at the beginning of the hour? I forgot to ask you. Oh, that was Drake. Drake, okay. That was some like, old Drake. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, a lot of good stuff as always musically today. So, Gangstar, Snoop, and Timberlake, Madonna, except Roger Vaudouris. I'm glad it's the last time I have to try to say that. I have no idea who that is. And Christopher Cross, all on the show today. We went from Christopher Cross to Gangstar. Not many people can say that. Not many people can. Not many people would want to, but we are proud to say that we did that today. Maybe Criss Cross the gang star, but not Christopher Oh, Cross. yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> there've been, I was about to say, there have probably been some get-togethers that have, uh, have done that. By the way, I've looked up a couple of times, and if the helmets I'm seeing sitting in front of these ESPN dudes are accurate, TCU looks like they're going with like a... Is that bla- white on black? I can't tell if there's any purple in that helmet at all. White on black. It looks like a black helmet with a white horn frog on the side. I'm not going to last. The, that's the best part about TCU for me. I love the uniforms. Oh, they are. They a, have different color schemes. Dude, it's fire. They are one of my favorite. There's a group of what I call changeling teams, and they're one of them out. They never wear the same thing two weeks in a row. Oregon obviously leads the way in that, but TCU and Oklahoma State in the Big 12 have kind of become those schools, and I'm telling you, tonight if this is if they're wearing that, I'm interested to see what the rest of the uni looks like. Uh, I'm hoping purple is involved because I just don't see purple yet. Yeah, you gotta have a little bit of purple. Hopefully they'll do that. But anyway, TCU and Georgia coming up tonight. Late money in on Georgia. It's minus 13 right now for the dogs, so TCU gets to play that lack of respect card even more. Let's get you some stems and seeds before we get out of here, and we will go ahead and start with that game. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. I was a little shocked earlier when Zay said Ugga didn't go. Ugga didn't make the trip to L.A.? Mm. Kind of weird. I mean, you could find a French bulldog in Los Angeles and put a jersey on him. He's, Can you not? He's not a French bulldog. What he, is he, English? He, he is an old, yeah, he'd be your English bulldog. Okay. Doesn't have the ears sticking up. Okay, well, you can find an English yeah. bulldog. I'm sure there's one in Los Angeles, and you, you can put a jersey on him and bring him to the arena. You can't do some kind of replacement, Ugga. Why not? It's, it's a dog. It's not like it's Bevo. It's Ugga or it's not. It's one of the, come on. You gotta have enough mascot respect to do that. I couldn't just say just go grab any steer and that's Bevo. No, Bevo's because Bevo. it's Bevo. Yeah, it's Bevo's a legend. This is a dog. Ugga's not. Eh, it's just a, it's just an English bulldog. He might be the most legendary live mascot not named Bevo on Earth. Come on. Yeah. Eh? Nobody cares about y'all's a lassie dog. I know that. See, there's no reason to bring Reveille into this. <laughs> There is no need. I'm trying to give Ugga his respect as a dog-loving fan, and you had to rip on Reveille. What is that? Y'all might have the softest mascot That is so rude. in the nation. Rude. Rude. She will bite your leg off. Ugga ugly, and that's kind of scary. Ugga is, Ugga's got that, Ugga, that yeah, cool uh, ugly yeah, factor ugly to him. Factor. Yeah, he does. Uh, all right, so we're. I think we're both on, on record here, but just so in case people haven't heard, your winner tonight? Oh, Georgia. Bye. 53-15. Wow. 
By a ton, huh? Yeah, that's where we're going. I'm going like Georgia by 10. I'm going okay. like lower scoring, 34-24 kind of a thing. I think it's a bit of a fight. Yeah. I think Georgia's going to be going to be better, but they won't cover. I'd take TCU, especially if I get 13. I'd probably take TCU plus 13. I respect their blocking and tackling enough to think. they're. I think they're hanging with Georgia tonight. Yeah, realistically, they're definitely hanging with Georgia tonight. They got a lot of fight. They got a lot of weapons. Think about... Hodges Tomlinson being able to guard. He, hell, he won Blinnikoff. Oh, not Blinnikoff. Uh, he won the Thorpe. He won the Thorpe yes. for best corner in the nation. So they got guys, too. It should be a hell of a game. But I want that 53-15. to That's what I want. But if I was betting on this game, I would take TCU in the points. That's a lot of points. Yeah, a lot of Longhorn fans want what you want tonight. One of 50-something to 10 and, uh, and have TCU have to eat that one. I want to know who can be patient tonight. Those two semifinals were a bunch of wacky big plays. Lots of explosive plays. If patience is required tonight, who's going to have the patience? Is it going to be Bennett or is it going to be Duggan? I want to see which side can do that. I'm going to say Georgia's a little more patient. Bowers makes a couple more plays, and they win by 10. I think we're in for a great game tonight. TCU fans, for your sake, I hope you see what you want to see. Longhorn fans, Aggie fans, Texas Tech fans, and others, I think we all kind of know what we think we hope we see. Because I don't know if we can all wake up and deal with that purple problem tomorrow. I'm really not trying to do it. Wow. If I call off tomorrow, you understand why. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. And above all else, we are so glad to hear that DeMar Hamlin has been released from the hospital and he's back in Buffalo. Just an incredible story coming out of the NFL. We'll be back tomorrow for a Tuesday show. Rod and Hart's coming up with Ball Don't Lie. Don't move. See you.